Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Hello, faithful listeners, and thank you again for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast on this lovely Friday morning. And you know what? I have an exciting announcement. Thank you to all of you faithful listeners who have continued to tune into the Bible Explained because the podcast just hit half a million downloads, which is so exciting. That is such a big number. And I couldn't have gotten there without you guys. And it's also showing how interested you guys have been in scripture, which I think is is really great. So once again, thank you to everybody. And I am doing a YouTube video to commemorate the half million download mark. This YouTube video is going to be great. I just recorded it with my sister. We are going to reveal a CD that we made together. We are going to play one of the songs on that CD. (laughs) And we're going to talk about it. And it's going to be great. And I am so excited to share the details of that CD with you guys. And you might be like, when did you make a CD? You'll be shocked to know that it is actually a legitimate CD. You can buy it online. (laughs) But we are going to share the details of that CD, some of the crazy things that happened regarding that CD, because it had to do with the independent fundamental Baptist church once again. And so we're going to talk about the CD, and we're also going to be talking about the IFB church and uh, some of the unhealthy uh, beliefs they have regarding music. So that's the special episode that is coming up to celebrate the half million download mark. So let's go ahead and read Judges chapter 7, verses 15 through 25 today. And this is going to finish up Gideon and the defeat of the Midian army. So I'll be reading this out of the W.E.B. Grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea this morning, and let's jump in. It was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. Then he returned into the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for Yahweh has delivered the army of Midian into your hand. He divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put into the hands of all of them trumpets and empty pitchers with torches within the pitchers. He said to them, Watch me and do likewise. Behold, when I come to the outermost part of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so you shall do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, Then blow the trumpets also on every side of the camp and shout for Yahweh and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outermost part of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, when they had but newly set the watch. Then they blew the trumpets and broke in pieces the pitchers that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets, broke the pitchers, and held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands, with which to blow. And they shouted, the sword of Yahweh and of Gideon. They each stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran, and they shouted and put them to flight. They blew the three hundred trumpets, and Yahweh set every man's sword against his fellow and against all the army, and the army fled as far as Bethsheda toward Zerara, and as far as the borders of Abel, Meholah, by Tabith. The men of Israel were gathered together out of Nephtali, out of Asher, and out of Manasseh, and pursued Midian. Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against Midian and take the waters before them as far as Beth Barah, even the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were gathered together and took the waters as far as Beth Barah, even the Jordan. They took the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. 
they killed Oreb at Oreb's rock, and Zeb they killed at Zeb's winepress, and they pursued Midian. Then they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon beyond the Jordan. We left off last time talking about Gideon and the dream that he actually heard in the Midianite camp. So Gideon had about 300 men under his wing, right, that he was allowed to fight with. And that's because God had whittled uh, Gideon's army of 32,000 men down to 300 men because God actually said that Israel was going to become conceited if there were more than 300 men there. And God said Gideon could, in fact, take this entire army of Midianite soldiers with 300 men because God would be fighting for Israel, basically. So Gideon had 300 men. You can understand why Gideon wasn't like super confident with that number, considering the fact that he could see the Midianites camp beneath him because like Gideon and the 300 men were like up on this mountaintop and they were looking down actually at the Midianite camp because the Midianites were actually like camping down in the valley. And I can imagine the reason they were camping down there was so that they could wreak more havoc on uh, on Israel. So Gideon can see the Midianite army. He sees that there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of men, basically, and then also all these camels. So the Midianites had so many resources, so many men, so many soldiers, and Gideon was up on the mountaintop with 300 people to fight with. So He's probably thinking, like, how am I going to do this? So his faith wasn't super strong. And uh, he was he was not super confident. But God gave him a prophecy actually through a Midianite soldier. God actually told Gideon to go down the mountain. And on the outskirts of the camp, he would hear something. And it turned out that there were two Midian soldiers that were talking about Gideon. They had this dream prophecy about how Gideon was going to come into the army and destroy them. They actually had this this dream and they didn't know Gideon was listening to them behind them so they're like talking about Gideon and it showed Gideon that the Midians were actually kind of scared of him they were kind of scared of the Israelite army so Gideon gets very encouraged so he goes back up the mountain and he wakes up all of his men because this was nighttime and so it says in verse 15 when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation he worshiped Then he returned into the camp of Israel and said, Arise for Yahweh has delivered the army of Midian into your hand. It's time to go. The Midianites are ours. So he divides the 300 men into three companies of 100 men each. And so he gets all these like clay pots, these pitchers, basically. And he puts a torch inside of each pitcher. And then he also hands them 300 Trumpets. Now, I don't know where he got all these trumpets and pitchers. (laughs) Maybe some of the men that went home of the 32,000 that he originally had left some of their resources. So it could be that Gideon just had all these trumpets and pitchers from the the men that went home. Unless they like did a late night shopping run (laughs) or found somebody that had trumpets and pitchers. But somehow they got... Uh, hold of all these trumpets and empty pitchers along with the torches or maybe I don't know maybe the 300 men had them maybe each man was told to bring a trumpet I don't know anyway they had all these things and this was a strategy that Gideon had I don't know if Gideon thought it up or if God told him to do this but it was a good strategy so what happens is Gideon hands all of his men a pitcher and inside that pitcher was a torch 
Okay. And then also Gideon hands them each a trumpet. Now, it didn't matter if these guys knew how to play the trumpet. (laughs) It didn't matter at all because that was actually part of the fear tactic was making this terrible trumpet noise. But we'll get into that in a second. And so anyway, Gideon hands them these three things. And then he says, wait for my cue. And when you hear and see my cue, go ahead and do the same thing. And then once you uh, break the pitchers and once you blow on your trumpets, then yell for Yahweh and for Gideon. Scream this at the top of your lungs. So Gideon takes 100 men and he goes to one side of the Midian camp. Now, one good thing, actually, with having a small army in this situation was that Gideon and these men could be really stealthy, like they could walk around really secretly, you know, and it wouldn't be as loud as like an army of thousands. Right. So that is one advantage that Gideon did have with the smaller army was more secrecy. And don't forget, this was nighttime. This would probably be like three in the morning, I would assume, uh, when Gideon goes down into the Midianite camp. And there was no such thing as light pollution back in these days. They didn't have electricity. Okay, this was very, very early in the morning. Before the sun came up, they had no light pollution, which was also another reason why the the torches were hidden inside of the pitchers, right? For more secrecy. And not to mention that most of the Midians would be asleep. And probably the majority of the Midians didn't expect anything. (laughs) You know, even with that one prophecy that God gave that one Midian soldier... I would guess the majority of the Midianites did not expect anything would happen that night. So Gideon takes his hundred men and he goes and stands on one side of the Midian camp. And then the other two uh, companies get into position as well. And they're basically like surrounding the Midianite camp, these 300 men and Gideon. So Gideon begins blowing on his trumpet and breaking his pitcher. And then all of a sudden, Everyone starts doing it. All 300 men do this thing. Now imagine (laughs) hearing this in the middle of the night, like being surrounded and it's very dark outside. And all of a sudden you hear this crashing noise that sounds like weapons. And you hear uh, this trumpet getting blown poorly, like very badly and very, very loudly. And then you hear the men shouting. They shouted for Yahweh and for Gideon, okay? And they heard the name Gideon because we know from that dream that the Midianites had that the the Midianites knew who Gideon was. So they hear Gideon's name. Now, another thing that was going on is don't forget they're in a valley. So there'd be some like echoing going on, right? So it would sound a lot more scary than just like on a typical plane, It would sound way more scary just because of the amount of echoing that there would be with like the mountains and stuff like that. Gideon's army coming down the mountain, they hear the trumpets blowing. They are scared out of their minds and they start killing each other because there is so much confusion in the camp. It's very dark out. Don't forget. They see a flash of all these torches surrounding them. They hear what sounds like thousands of men coming at them. They hear the crash of weapons and uh, they hear Gideon's name. They hear the trumpets being blown. So they think that Gideon's army is in the camp itself and it is dark outside. So it says in verse 22 that Yahweh set every man's sword against his fellow 
and against all the army. And the army fled. So what happened was Gideon didn't even have to do anything. They're just like watching the pandemonium happen. Gideon and his men are just like standing up on, you know, the ledge, like watching all of this. And Midian is fighting against Midian. There was chaos, pandemonium. Nobody knew what was happening in the Midianite army. They were all scared. They had no clue what was going on. And then on top of that, they see somebody next to them in the darkness die, fall. And then they go and kill the person who killed that person. And then it would just continue in a cycle like that. So finally, I would guess as soon as the sun comes up, the army fled. So whoever was left out of this entire chaos flees. And they were terrified. It actually says that they scream. They, they were screaming because they were afraid. Depending on the version you read, the W.E.B. says that they shouted and then fled. So they were horrified. They were screaming, terrified. So now the initial battle is done. It was a wild success for Gideon because Yahweh, in fact, was fighting for Gideon. Gideon really had not much to do, it seems like. And so once the Midians flee, now it says that Gideon recruits Soldiers out of Naphtali, out of Asher, out of Manasseh, and also out of Ephraim. And he says, come down against Midian and take the waters before them, even to the Jordan River. So all of a sudden, Gideon has a huge army again. Not just 300 people, but probably thousands that came to help Gideon. And you know, it's very interesting how beforehand, Gideon had 32,000 men that were willing to go with him. But as I kind of alluded to, most of those men were very scared and did not want to actually go into battle. Hence why after Gideon actually told his army, like, hey, if you're scared, go home, only 10,000 men remained. The majority of them were scared and did not want to go to battle. And I actually argued that the 300 men that God told Gideon to keep were the ones that actually wanted to go to battle. So out of 32,000 men, only 300 truly wanted to go into battle with Gideon, which is so terrible if you think about that. That's, that's terrible numbers for all of Israel, for Israel being a nation with 2 million people. Only 300 men want to go to battle. But all of a sudden now, Gideon has a huge army again with, with uh, Manassites and Naphtalites and Ephraimites. And what was the other one? Asherites. And that just goes to show you that when a few stand up for what is right and show that courage and that boldness to do something that is hard to do, other people will follow. Other people will be encouraged to do it. But how much cooler would it be to be part of the initial 300 that got to experience what these 300 men experienced how much cooler would it be to be one of the few that stands up for what is right in the face of evil even with persecution and that's what god actually calls us to do we aren't supposed to be fence sitters christians are not supposed to be fence sitters there's a verse in revelation that says that if a person is lukewarm neither hot nor cold but lukewarm god is going to spit that person out of his mouth it actually says spew which is a, a little bit worse than spit. It's more like puking. He's going to puke you out of his mouth. Because a lukewarm water is disgusting. It is not good. 
When I want water, I want it nice and cold. I don't want any lukewarm, disgusting water. And I'm sure most of you guys would probably agree with that. Or I want hot water to, to boil my delicious cup of seven weeks coffee in. I want my water either hot or cold. I don't want anything in between. And so God says that the person that sits on the fence, the person that is in between, the person that's actually fearful to stand up for what they believe in, God is going to spit that person out of his mouth. Christians are called to be better than lukewarm. We are called to stand up in the face of opposition. Every single story that we read in scripture about these men and women that did amazing things, they all have one thing in common. They took risks. And they didn't just take risks, but they also trusted in God through those risks. And think about the people that we have been discussing already in scripture. Abraham was called to leave his comfy and very rich lifestyle to become a foreigner in a nation that he had no clue about anything in. That's a huge risk. But God called Abraham to do that. And Abraham was blessed because he took that risk. Think about JL, the woman that we just finished discussing. She was the the woman that killed Sisera. She took a huge risk, a huge risk of A, either Sisera killing her or B, her husband finding another man in her tent and potentially stoning her for doing that. She took a gigantic risk and she was called blessed among all women. And think about Gideon. He took a risk. Yes, his, his faith was weaker, I would say, than some of the other judges, but he took a risk. And now look at what's happening, as well as these 300 men that were willing to stand up with Gideon. They all got to experience this amazing miracle that God performed for them. So the one thing that all of these people have in common, they all took risks for God, for the truth. So that's what we're called to do. We are called to take risks, to be unafraid to take those risks, to be faithful to take those risks, and to spread and tell the truth. Because when we allow untruths to seep into our lives, or to seep into our church, or to seep into our families, or our government, or our communities, or anything else in our lives, that's when we start to have some serious, serious problems. We need to stand up for the truth. We need to take risks to stand up for the truth. And when we do, we're going to see that other people begin to join us. Just like uh, Gideon all of a sudden had this very bold army that wanted to join him after the initial battle was done. Look at this. It says, the men of Israel were gathered together out of Naphtali, out of Asher, out of Manasseh and pursued Midian. Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim saying, come down against Midian, take the waters. So all the men of Ephraim were gathered together and took the waters. Even to the Jordan. All of a sudden, all these Israelite men had this power, which apparently they didn't have before, but all of a sudden they have this power. They're able to do it. And that is what happens when one or two or just a few people stand up for the truth. Other people will start to follow. But how cool would it be if you're one of the few at the very beginning to stand up for the truth? Alrighty, faithful listeners, well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and stay tuned for that YouTube video that will be coming out very soon to commemorate the half million download mark. 
And I am very excited about it because it's talking more about my IFB upbringing as well as my sister's experience in the IFB church and some of the crazy things that went on with that church denomination. So you're not going to want to miss that episode. I will link it as soon as it is done. Alrighty, faithful listeners. Well, I hope that you have a really, really great weekend and I will see you all back on Monday for another episode out of Judges, but this time we'll be in Judges chapter eight and moving forward in this amazing very amazing book, I might add. All right, guys, I'll see you all. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy listening and God bless.